Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Welcome, everyone, to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. Uh, I know today we had a Q&A podcast uh, plan, but a little change on the game plan there, a little improvisation and adaptation here. Instead, we're going to give you guys, uh, the listeners out there, our f- top five individual exercises or ways, systems of training that uh, you may or may not have done or or heard of uh, to give you everyone out there a little bit different perspective and something different to try and uh, why we really enjoy them and what the benefits are and what we're getting out of it. Neil, you want to go ahead and start with your number five? Along with our top five exercises, we're also going to give you, um, you know, Dennis and I's own personal favorite stick exercises that we're currently doing. The one that we feel like we're getting the most benefit personally at this point in our lives. So, you know, for me, my my favorite exercises always change because it just depends on what I'm trying to do and what I'm looking for. And, you know, right now with, with what's going on in my life, being really busy with stick mobility, training, and then having, you know, two little ones at home, all my exercises are, are picked so that they take care of a lot of things and I don't need to spend a lot of time because I don't have a lot of time, man. My Like recently... It's basically been training at, you know, 4.30 in the morning for, for half an hour or 45 minutes. So sometimes it's like, all right, Monday I'm going to do this and that's it. Takes care of a lot. I'm going to do two things and then I'm going to go up, you know, have breakfast and get the day started. It's a good thing your garage is your gym. It is, yeah, your, dude. Your so neighbor, I'm Because if not, your neighbors would be like, what the oh, hell is he doing exactly, over there? Exactly, man. At 4.30 <laughs> in the morning. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so, you know, number five for me would be... I love doing climbing drills on the pegboard, and I have a pegboard. I have a custom, custom. pegboard yeah. in my in my garage, and it's it's basically this like six by eight foot wall. It's got footholds. You know, I don't know how many holes it has, but I'm you know I'm able to to pull from different angles. You know, my feet. I can have my feet stay connected to the wall, or I can have them floating depending on how much load I want on my arms. But I feel like it gives me you know, all the upper body pulling I need, but it also gets me to work different angles. So it's not just, it's not just the pull up. So I'm getting strong. My grip's getting strong, my shoulders, my lats. Um, and I'm teaching my body how to move in and out of different positions. And I love climbing and I haven't been able to climb for quite a while now. Well, climbing gyms are closed. Yeah. Right now with the two little ones, it's really hard to get to the climbing gym or you know get outdoors the setup that you have which you'll see in the video here you can see the setup uh that was custom made so what's the approximate price tag if someone were interested in doing something like you have set up probably a couple grand at least to is, get that all yeah yeah to get it all set up well you have a friend that built that for i you. do yeah one of my good friends yeah he owns a, a construction company so he was he was kind enough to help me out there I, I had this idea of i wanted something that i could train for climbing um but i also wanted something that you know my wife could use and when as my kids get older they could use it and i didn't want it to be you know, too crazy. I wanted, I needed it to be adaptable too. So if, if I had friends come over or clients come over, they could use it too. So mm-hmm. it's really scalable in a sense. I could have, you know, a professional climber use it and get benefit, or I could have someone that's just learning how to climb mm-hmm. use it too. And, and you've already had, your daughter's already been on it. Uh, yeah, she's hanging on there. She's loving it, the huh? Time. Yep. Um, I got the little guy out there. 
Oh, really? Doing a tummy time. We're just watching. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Putting it in his brain. He's already like, seen hey, it. man, this is what you got to do. Your sister's doing it. I'm doing right? it. Mom's doing it. it what's kind of funny is is infants like that, we, we don't think about... Just because they can't communicate doesn't mean that they're not observing. And, and in his mind, when he's watching you guys on climbing... He's probably thinking process, processing what he's seen and thinking, I want to be able to do that. I want to mimic that. Right? Yeah, so, or, or at the same time, he's looking at it and go, that's normal. That's just a normal yeah, thing. Right. You know, my daughter thinks it's completely normal to, to hang on things. Yeah. She doesn't even. You know, so yeah. there's no, you know, we're, we're trying to get rid of that fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of all these different motions. What about you, man? What's one of your? What's your uh, number five? My, my number five is actually using physio balls with bands, uh, and physio balls and, and bands create great feedback systems. In the video where you see me pushing against the ball and pulling on the band at the same time, it's teaching me that push pull apparatus. Uh, the ball is fighting back, just like if I was pushing against uh, another person. Uh, there is some elements that aren't there, but it's pretty much the closest thing that you'll get to not having a partner with you, but still getting that uh, input that you really want to feel. Uh, and then I'm changing body positions, or I'm changing my base of support, so I'm not just staying in one spot. I'm changing my foot position. I'm changing my levels, so I'm I'm getting the hips and the body used to all these different angles and positions while maintaining that full body tension. And, and the key here is as you're pushing on the ball and then pulling on the band, is that feedback all the way down to the ground and what you're really feeling how the feet and the legs react to that system of push pull up top i think it's fantastic and you do that for 30 seconds switch hands and repeat do that for a minute you talk about conditioning uh yeah your heart rate's going to be pretty elevated so um I mean, I think that's a great thing. I I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and you know what's great about that is the more resistance you get on a band, the harder you have to push. Yeah, yes. So, you know, the stronger your pull gets, the stronger your push gets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very true. Which is great. So, and it kind of simulates, it almost simulates... Like wrestling, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's the closest thing. And because I know we've talked in some podcasts before about people being kind of adverse to to before all this COVID, people were still already kind of adverse to to you know touch and feel. Um, so this will help eliminate that or bring people into that process who really aren't comfortable with doing uh, full contact partner work. Your number four. So right? number four. Uh, it's be a front-loaded squat. Ah, very nice. You know, uh, one of the reasons I like it is that it, it does challenge that, that core musculature. But it also, you know, whatever it is, right? If it's a sandbag, if I'm doing a barbell front squat, kettlebell, it doesn't matter. Just a front-loaded type squat. Um, it really allows me to keep a vertical torso, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, sometimes you see squats that get a little hingy. Mm-hmm. And... You don't, you know, if you want to squat, you want you squat, right? If you want to hinge, just deadlift. So it's a good way to, you know, to keep that separation between your deadlift and your squat. Um, and I also find it that it's it's much easier for people to do that have maybe have limited ankle mobility mm-hmm. um, or they're learning how to the squat. So that front load gives them a little counterweight to to stay more upright. A lot of times, what you just said a few seconds ago with 
especially on a backloaded, if it gets hingy, you're essentially doing a good morning versus a squat. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so people are like, oh, look at my squat. And you're kind of like, mm, I don't really think that's what that is. It's so you more got a of a strong good, good morning. You got a yeah. great good morning. <laughs> uh, but we do need to work on the squatting aspect. Um, so there's that whole thing that we always say, you know, if, if you're going to have hand somebody an app, if you're telling somebody you just handed them an apple and you and you've actually given them an orange, they're going to kind of look at you like you're a little odd. So make sure you're actually giving the person or doing what you what the movement actually is. And sometimes there's just a fine, and people don't sometimes have the body awareness or understanding that that's what they're actually doing. And also from a from a practicality standpoint when we squat and pick stuff up off the ground it's I mean, always front it's always front loaded it's always yeah, front right loaded. i mean yeah how many then maybe on the side of the shoulder right yeah but other than really a fireman's carry uh i mean when often how often do we actually throw something across the back of our shoulders yeah i mean unless you're giving people piggyback rides all the time <laughs> right <laughs> then- yeah right which is great. I mean, it, it, but you know, it, it's that's a totally different thing. So yeah, yeah. But most of the time when we squat from a from an actual just natural uh, movement position, front loaded is where it's it's well number one. It's just most efficient. Uh, oh, you man, number four. Number four is eliminating the ball, the physio ball, and using just the strap. So in the video here, you can see me. I'm actually pushing and pulling the entire time. Same type of principle that I just talked about before, but now I'm eliminating the ball. So now on the strap, as one arm is always pulling while the other arm is pushing. So as I'm going through this movement, the only objective in my head is that both hands are pulling are going in the opposite direction. So that way I I know I'm always creating a push with one arm and a pull with the opposite. Uh, I love this not only for myself, but to really get clients to understand full body connection and really how to create torque and how to what that push pull mechanism is. Uh, and for uh, and it's really actually pretty difficult when people that aren't used to it uh they're gonna find that it's pretty challenging and maybe they're and it kind of can be a regression or a primary step to using the physio ball and also on the other side too it does give you a little bit more room to move because with the physio ball you're pretty much keeping it on the wall to really get that feedback where with the with the band you're just free moving so you can go pretty much anywhere you want so it it gives you a little bit more range of motion and, and overall movement to that so that's that's one of the top ones that i like that i've been playing around with recently yeah, and another thing about that drill is, I mean, you're working your feet like crazy because you need to create that traction. Yeah, very, yeah, very much so. I mean, and and being able to transition from low to high position, you can even use the opportunity to, to do the push and the pull and take it all the way to the floor, either in a supine position or a shin box or a cross-legged, whatever you feel. You mix it all up. I mean, we talk about mobility is a global thing. It's just not specific angles. It's not just specific parameters of movement. We want you to be as globally uh, resilient and mobile as you can be. So we want to see as you're moving naturally, you may actually be very surprised when you record yourself how much range of motion you're actually getting versus in that spontaneous moment when you're not really thinking about it. 
right? So that's one of the things where you might catch your sub, but be pretty surprised and go, wow, I squatted pretty good there where other times I have some issues with it. So uh, taking the mind and distracting it to, to other tasks and really start to open other things up. Your number three. So number three would be just any kind of clean variation. So typically, you know, something, a clean meaning pulling something from the floor to my shoulder, mm-hmm. right? So at home, I like to use sandbags or a barbell or a landmine um, and sometimes kettlebells, you know, but, you know, you get this, you get to work power. So you're working some explosiveness. Um, you do have to, with whatever object I'm using, so for example, a sandbag, you know, you, your body kind of gets rocked. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to learn how to absorb impact. Um, just like that front squat, you know, we're always carrying things, you know, front loaded. Mm-hmm. So with a clean, it's it's basically, hey, how can I get this off the ground to my shoulder? And now from here, I can either walk with it or, you know, so if I'm, I'm picking up my kids, you know, it's it's a motion that you do in natural life. But at at the same time, it has a lot of carryover uh, in performance training. Mm-hmm. And so you can change, you know, we can go really heavy. Or we can go a little lighter and go really fast, and maybe with a sandbag, you know, I'm throwing this thing. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's full body posterior chain. You get worse some power and explosiveness, um, and you you know become more resilient. And that's that's why it's one of my favorite drills. And I I typically, you know, change the the type of tool that I use for it. You know, every time by changing the tool. You change the movements subtly. Yeah. The demands of the movement subtly as opposed, you know, with a kettlebell, kettlebells have handles on them versus a sandbag yep. that we don't have handles on, right? So same t- same movement in essence, but the difference is subtle to maybe not so subtle for some other people. Exactly. And then, you know, the other thing with changing the tool is that you have to change your stance. Oh, yeah. So a lot of times with a barbell... You know, you're, you're hip width apart. You know, it's uh, it, you're kind of in this standard deadlift type type form. But with a sandbag, you might be real wide, or maybe my feet are a little bit staggered because of the shape of the bag. Um, and or you know, maybe you do it from more of a staggered stance with a sandbag. Whatever feels comfortable, and depending on how you want to position your arms. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that variability there. And you want to change positions. You want to get used to different positions. You know, maybe from rep to rep or set yeah, to or set exactly. to set. Right yeah. within the set, change your change your uh, stance, change your base of position within the set. So that's some that that can be a little bit of a different thought process than most people are used to. Exactly, and then that clean is essentially, you know, that's kind of my my loaded hinge right there so i don't you know so i, so I don't like to deadlift heavy all the time but i kind of want that combination of of strength and power and and the clean just does it for me so what typically would be your body what percentage of body weight are you typically doing when you're doing your cleans gosh uh, on average let's say right it's just now like if i'm cleaning those sandbags so right now i'm about 175 pounds um Using anywhere from 100 to 140 pounds with oh, sandbags. Wow. Damn, good. You nice. know, um, and then barbells. You know, right now, you know, I'm pretty. I'm not. I don't know. I'd say I'm pretty weak at those right now. <laughs> and I've been actually with the barbells. I've been trying to do more of this kind of like a, a muscle clean because sometimes I'll, I'll press afterwards. So instead oh. of instead of just uh, racking it, you know, 
on my shoulders there. I'll yeah. catch it more in like that military press position. Yeah, and then press. Okay. And it's also like if I'm teaching someone how mm-hmm. to maybe do a clean that may not have the the flexibility in their wrists or that you know ability to to actually get in that rack position. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's another option. Um, gotcha. But for there, you know, I'm just I'm getting fairly close to body weight. Oh, very nice. Yeah. What about you? Number three. Uh, my number three. Uh, it's a f- drill that I call floating stones. It's something that I think has multiple purposes. Um, Number one, it really challenges your ability to accomplish a task. Uh, If you, in the video here, you'll see I have these D balls set out. And the objective is they are basically in a river of lava, so to speak. So once you're on the stones, you're your objective is to get from point A to point B, but you can't touch the floor, no hands, no feet, nothing. And, and so there's multiple things here. Number one, you ha- the objects are round, so the balls are round. The smaller the ball, the more it's going to roll, right? So you have to, your intention of your movement has to be there. This is not something that you can go full bore speed on i the purpose of this is for you to think about where you're placing your foot where you're placing your hand are you placing at the correct angle and position to transfer your weight and your load onto the next ball or the next floating stone so to speak and knowing that if you place the foot or the hand at the wrong angle when you go to transfer weight that stone is going to roll it's going to roll on you so it really forces you to think about what am I really doing, uh, understanding the intention behind each movement. It's going to challenge your positions through your hips. Uh, it's going to challenge your lever length of your body because you're going to go from a short and compact to really extend it out wide. Uh, gets the feet working because now you have something different than flat contours. Now you have round contours. So feet are going to work a little bit differently. They're going to work much harder. And, and, and it's pretty amazing when people do this drill. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit out of breath because it's it's a it's basically i'll challenge them to stay in a low position like a crawl pattern position or quadruped uh sometimes i'll use sticks and so they can they can start to understand leverage and angles because the sticks can help them transfer greater distances you know and there's a lot of people that uh they don't they don't get that like i'll set it up and they're like you can see the fear in their faces and you're like, no, this is just think of science, all right? Think of angles, leverage, how to use the sticks to help you transfer weight over. So it's it's a whole learning process, and there's a lot of different things uh, that you'll get out of that. And I think another thing, while they're out of breath too, there is, you know, like you said, they're they're dealing with that fear. So, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, shit, I don't want to fall over. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. snap my ankle. I don't want to hit the ground. Even though you're not that high off the ground, yeah. there's just that little bit of, of anxiousness and you know maybe they just catch themselves holding their breath a little bit but uh yeah building the building confidence in all those different positions man is huge yeah it's it's challenging uh people to get out of their comfort zone and the clients that have done it they've all said that this is something that's not in my comfort zone and it really helps also with weight transference to the wrists yeah you know for people that may have issues with that um and your body's going to let you go where it can handle because the your mind just like the uh previous drills 
are your mind is on something else, right? Yep. So you are just trying to accomplish the task, and then the body's going to let you go where it where it can handle it, pretty much. So self regulation there. You know, and another thing that's great is uh, it kind of reminds me of you know when you go hiking and mm-hmm. you go rock scrambling. Yeah. Right. You've got these these got little gaps between the rocks, and you've got to figure out okay, I need to put a little bit of pressure on my right foot. You know, reach my hand over here and not fall down this gap yeah that was one of my inspirations when i when i came up with it i was like this the rock scrambling going across a river where oh yeah yeah i mean you know when you're across a river you've got all these rocks you know you're you're trying to figure out how do i go from rock to rock and what's pretty interesting is if when you go on rocks in the river they're slippery they're slippery as hell right and kind of people that aren't used to that uh city slickers they get out into the great wilderness and they're novices to this. They think just, oh, there's rocks going across the river. I'm just going to bing, bang, boom. And all of a sudden, whoop, they slip because they just, they forget. Uh, there's a surface between the rock and your foot and it's called water. <laughs> and it, it, uh, it's going to do some shit to you that you're not used to. And you may end up very well on your ass f- going down the river because you didn't understand that factor so uh, and that's why using the d balls there can kind of give that bring that awareness to that person uh that they may not have had number two uh number two would have to be landmine rotations ah love them you know i've posted a lot of videos on this uh i love them uh you you know one of my favorite things right now is using the omega handle from Mm. pure motion yep uh you you can just there's so many variations you can do with it but you know whether or not you have this specific handle or not um you know in in this video here you'll see me doing it uh, from a staggered stance but um you don't have to do it from that stance what i love about just like our just like the clean or some of the squatting motions we can do this from any stance and it's just like Dennis's push and pull with the ball, this gives you that wrestling-like feel because you're fighting the load from pulling you over. Um, and, you know, just I love the way that, uh, you know, the weight shifts from one side to the other. So you've got to really understand how to transfer weight from foot to foot while maintaining that that structure of the core. But at the same time, we're getting that we're able to work, you know, rotation from whether if we're doing the underhand one so that... Uh, Oh, God, what's it called? The uppercut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uppercut right there. You know, this one, this one transfers to golf, transfers to baseball, transfers to, to fighting. And then the bear fight motion, you know, this could be like just, just moving someone out of the way. Um, but it, it kind of gets the, you know, for me, all, some of these other motions might seem real linear. And this one works rotation and gets me to work those in-betweens. And the so you're using the Omega handle. Here. I like to use the Omega handle. Yeah, but the Warhammer is the shit too. Warhammer's great oh, too. Oh, yep. Pure motion. Oh, it makes phenomenal. Great stuff. Awesome yeah. stuff. Great awesome stuff. stuff. Yep. Man, there's so many companies out there that people kind of don't. They're not in the mainstream, but they should be. And Pure Motion is one of those companies where you like you look at their stuff and you're like, man, it's so well designed. Uh, so it's so easy to use, and it's gonna be teaching you to movements that you're typically not used to or accustomed to yep so yeah they make some great stuff so if you're not a if you don't know about pure motion definitely jump on that company great stuff uh neil and i highly endorse using their products absolutely yeah big time 
What about you, man? Number two. Number two, offset lever or offset loaded training. All right. Man, I'll tell you, uh, I say it all the time. The gym is the only place that people go to lift balanced objects. Folks, when you leave the gym, that shit doesn't happen. <laughs> all right? If you have a, if Neil's picking up his daughter or his son, it's with one arm, you know, he's not keeping them censored right here. It's, it's off to a side. If you pick up your groceries, you're carrying your groceries in one hand. Even if you're carrying them in both hands, the weight is not equally distributed. You're just picking up bags and carrying them into the house, you know, or up the stairs, you know, moving a couch, at home it's offset loaded i mean all these things are examples of offset load and so when we go to the gym are we really really thinking about giving the clients or yourself what you really need to transfer to everyday life and 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 balanced lifts are great it's a great it gives you a nice solid base but I don't see, in my opinion, I don't see enough offset loaded training, uh, in my opinion, as much as it should be. Yeah. You know, if someone, uh, here is Neil, let's ask you this, Neil. If someone were to ask you what percentage of offset loaded training should be in your training protocols, what would be a, what would you say a good percentage would be? Probably half, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in. A, I'd say half. Yeah, I'd say at least half. At least half. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I've had uh, some coaches ask me that, and I'm. I'm like, at least half your training should yeah. be offset loaded. If it's all balanced loaded, uh, the transferability once you leave the gym just really isn't there like it should be. So yeah, and you know what's great about the offset loading is that you can pick your your linear your favorite linear exercise. Let's just say it's the lunge. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we load that weight to your nine o'clock. So there's more weight, you know, on that left side of your body. So now you're not just working that sagittal plane; you're actually working forces on the frontal plane. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if I want to change that load, now let's just say I put it more to to ten o'clock or 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 seven o'clock. Now what we're doing is we're working a little more of that transverse plane there. So just just that little subtle shift of that load and you know you'll see this a lot in our stick course where we're we're working the clock system you know you take that to a loaded exercise and you can work all these planes of motion and you you don't have to necessarily move in that in a transverse plane yeah I mean, so in the video here, you see me in a single leg RDL working with the lever offset to one side. So that's really challenging, exactly what Neil just said. Uh, Also, something as typical as farmer's carries. How many people, when they do farmer's carries with kettlebells, they grab a pair of kettlebells that are the same weight, mix it up. Grab a light kettlebell and a heavy kettlebell, or grab two kettlebells that are slightly different in weight. Maybe they're they're off by about three or four kilos, right? But then, like I said just a few seconds ago, you can make it a huge difference. You can pick two kettlebells that are maybe 10 or 15 kg uh, separation in weight. Uh, so definitely think about that when it comes to, to when the next time you do some farmer's carries. What's your number one? So number one uh, had to be the landmine press, you know, or landmine presses. Um, And, you know, all these exercises, it's hard to say if, you know, one is my favorite, but like, you know, I'm not really ranking the exercise as my my favorite exercise. These are just our five favorite, Mm -hmm. 
Right, so the landmine press is great because it's very friendly on the shoulders. You can change the angles. Um, you know, you can have, so I have this handle. It's uh, called the Viking press handle if you wanted to do a two-arm press. But typically, you know, we're doing a one-arm press. So what Dennis is talking about, we're doing that offset load. And the way it works, the core musculature, the shoulder, uh, you, can change, you can change positions with your feet. We can get into a half kneeling. Um, there's just endless variations to press from and you know it works the whole system from your from your hands all the way to your foot and then the angle that you're pressing at you know definitely has transferred to to running and acceleration that's awesome that's fantastic what about you man uh my number one uh reactionary training uh via these things i got blaze pods uh, in the video here, you'll see they light up randomly. There's different things that you can do with them. Uh, I actually got these Blaze Pods on their Kickstarter. So I was... Uh, because now, if you get them, they're much more expensive. Oh, yeah. What do they go for now? Oh, uh, at least double what I paid on Kickstarter. Oh, okay. I think I want to say <laughs> they're... Uh, I think close to two to three hundred dollars for a set now for okay. six of them. Uh, I got twelve, for, I think, for like one hundred and fifty dollars on Kickstarter, or pretty much. The app is fantastic. It comes with an app that you download. Uh, they've got programs already preset, but they have customizable, so you can set the timer or the random order, uh, different colors, things of that nature. Uh, but what I love about it is, and and don't reactionary training for following uh targets on a screen has been around for quite a while but what i love the limiting factor to that was you were limited to the screen like that's it uh what i love about the blaze pods is the different amounts of places that you can put them they come with little straps and suction cups so you can if you have a uh, bars on this uh, up top that you can attach them to you can have people climb up tap it and then you're making people climb to get to the blaze pod you can put some on the ground you can put them all over the place you can put them on the window because they got the suction cups uh the the versatility yeah uh i mean i've seen other companies releasing uh tar tracking and targeting uh, modules but for me, BlazePod has really set the standard for uh, how much uh, versatility they have. And uh, for I think the price point's fantastic. Uh, clients love it. It's a lot of fun. You can go individual drills one-on-one -on -one or against each other, or you can do teams. There's a lot of times we'll do teams, uh, partner up three-on-three. -three. You know, here's your mission. Let's see how fast you can get, how many, how many uh, contacts you can make in one minute and then the next group goes and let's see if you can beat the previous group things like that but uh, uh it's really going to help people with tracking which is we know is kind of a lost skill uh athletes are pretty good at it uh but the general public mm, maybe a little lacking so it's a nice way once again to to introduce uh things that we did as kids yeah, it's almost like playing tag sometimes. You know, you're getting, it is. This, you're getting this random change of direction. You know, you've got to go tap this thing. So, yeah, it's like you're reaching. Um, I remember we played that in the gym with a, uh, having to dribble a basketball, didn't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, dribble a basketball while you hit the blaze pot. I mean, talk about central nervous system overload. You're like, yeah. Ugh. but and, and so even for the price point now that they're at now, 
They got it's much cheaper than the stuff that you got to buy with the fixed screens and the computer programs. I mean, those are a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you you know you can place them all at different levels, like Dennis was saying. Yeah, so it's so, a, a great great investment there. Yeah, I'd rather pay the three hundred for the versatility of the Blaze Pods with the portable app. I can take them anywhere. Yeah, with the other programs, you're paying thousands of dollars, and you're limited. I mean. If you're going to take the TV somewhere, you got to have a plug. You can't take it down to the beach. You can't take it out to the park with the Blaze Pods. And there's other systems out there too, portable systems. The practicality is is much is much better. So than the versatility is there. Favorite stick, favorite stick drill. So my favorite stick drill would have to be uh, the monkey hang from the split stance. Oh, very nice. You know, um, there's just. There's so much you can do from that stance, and there's so many areas that you can explore within the hips, within the torso, within the shoulder. Um, so, yeah, I'll I'll hang out in there for you know two three minutes on a side, and you know if you're if you're doing that, you're getting this isometric lunge, whether it's a lunge or one of the deep split knees over toe stance. Um, so you're really owning that position, building some resiliency and uh, work capacity in the legs. And at the same time, you know, as we're as we're hanging, we're working the grip, but then we can add in these these reaches, you know, and we're getting that thoracic rotation and we're getting this nice big fascial stretch, you know, from quad to hip to the lat to the torso. Um, yeah, it's it's my go-to, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a warm-up or it's, you know, it's my favorite recovery drill, too. See. What about you, man? Oh, man, there's, there's, there's so from. many of them, so many of them. Uh, I'm going to go a little offbeat. I'm going to do the Guitar Hero. Okay. Uh, I love the Guitar Hero, especially for people that are pretty much confined to uh, sitting at a desk for their jobs. Uh, and long commutes, especially here in Silicon Valley, uh, I think it does a great job opening up the anterior the anterior hip capsule uh, that people tend to say is a little bit tight. They're like, "Oh, my groin area is a little tight." Uh, so I think the Guitar Hero does a great job in helping open that up, especially along the medial tissue line of the adductors. Uh, and then really when you're pushing it here in the video, you can see as you're shifting weights to the outside leg, you can see that you're also working on dorsiflexion ability. So yes, we're targeting the adductor, opening up the groin, but here is a secondary thing where you're working on the ankle mobility in something as simple as gliding in and out on that sagittal plane for to really open up that dorsiflexion. Uh, pushing down on the stick with the offhand is really what brings tension into the whole body to really start to, so you can feel that effect uh, through the anterior hip capsule. So uh, I think that's one of my favorite ones that I love for, uh, it's for most of my clients, uh, as long as they don't have a problem getting down on the ground on their knees. Mm -hmm. uh, for most of my clients, this is uh, one of the stretches that they will typically end their workouts with. Uh, they'll start, too, because we can make it a dynamic movement. They can just go in and out, uh, open up the hips before their workout, and then at the end, down-regulate. Let's get in that same position, and now this time, let's hold it for like 30 seconds or so. And then we'll focus on your breathing. So down regulate after your workout. So that's one of my uh, go-to favorites now, especially for, like I said, people that are sitting in their cars and sitting at desks, and which for a lot of people here in Silicon Valley can be 
shit 12 to 14 hours of their day yeah especially right now man with you know with the current rules here in santa clara county everyone's everyone's online you think more people now sit sitting at home you think they move a little bit more than they would at the office i think so you think so I hope so. <laughs> I hope they get they just get so stir crazy being at home that they you know they get outside. I mean, right now we we're finally you know getting some fresh air, so you can get outside. Yeah, we but can actually with, see uh, the hills. You know, with with yeah. the rules and then with uh, the air quality recently, it was it was pretty rough. Yeah. So yeah, you people doing some batshit uh, stir crazy stuff, oh, man, getting sure. confined. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, any other moves that you would recommend for any of the listeners out there? Oh, I mean, you know, our bone arrow is always is the go-to, yeah, because yeah. Uh, most of you out there are not working lateral chain mobility, and it's you know, and doing always- and doing those grabbing a dumbbell and just doing lateral flexion is not what we're talking about, folks. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the bone arrow—it's a great one. Exactly. Yep. And we always get, when people get into it, they're all, we always see the same reaction. People are like, oh, that feels so good. You know, or either that or it's actually difficult for a lot of people. But yeah, then we, use, but then we use the regressions if they, if they don't have that strength or that range of motion. Uh, so we always have the regressions to that. Um, I, one of my favorites that I like that some people, that's, pretty difficult for a lot of people uh, or can be for a lot of people is the pigeon pose i love the way we do the pigeon pose versus traditional pigeon poses uh tend typically in most pigeon poses a little too uh passive yeah uh and really i think it's a position i see people getting into and shit you might as well be asleep yeah. I mean, they're rounding their backs. They're just not. They're not involved in the movement. They are not in it. I mean, they're just. They're they're doing it, and for the way we teach it, when we're just trying to spread the floor, pushing the stick into the ground, driving that back leg into the floor, you really light up that anterior tissue line, and then just really getting the hand and the foot to separate. You're trying to get them away from each other, pushing them in opposite directions, and then that externally loaded hip that's what's going to feel the effect on that that's the chain reaction that we're looking for so in order to open up the external rotation we're depending on that off hand and that off leg to really lengthen and push down into the ground so there's your action and then your external hip is your reaction yeah and then you know the if you can't do it on the ground you know do it on the table table or a bench and you know it's yeah, getting getting a good pigeon on the ground is not easy. So no. you know all the same things that Dennis talked about. Just transfer that up to an elevated surface, and you'll get the same benefit. And with the stick, you know not only are you lighting up the the whole anterior chain, but you're also able to, you know, you have the stability. So now you can start adding in some different rotations of the upper body, and and then you'll just see how that changes uh, the way your hips work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome, brother. All well. Right, I hope everyone enjoyed today's podcast. The videos should help you out as to how we do the things that we just that we just showed you. Uh, give them a shot. I think you we think you'll enjoy them. Get some benefit out of them, right? Absolutely. A lot of stuff that you, you may not have tried or aren't doing. Uh, and give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. If you try some of them, you really enjoy them. 
you know, DM us, just give us a little ping, say, hey, man, thanks for the recommendation. I really enjoy adding this to my uh, workout protocols. All righty. Well, thanks for everybody listening out there. And uh, until next episode, be good to each other. <laughs>